I'm going to sit this morning. I won't sit the whole time. I'm going to sit and walk around. It'll help me calm my nerves. Um, my belt also broke like two minutes before, so uh, I'm going to sit down. I don't really need it, but I'm gonna, I got this chair, and it says, QQ, please do not remove. Uh, very sorry, quilting queens. I removed your chair. So we good? This chair's going to see if it's rocky. Before we continue on, I think it's important that we pray, and that way everyone's nerves just come, or my, mostly just mine. So why don't we close our eyes and bow our head. God, I thank you for this incredible morning. God, I thank you, Lord, for the people that are in here. I thank you that you see us in every moment. I thank you, God, that no matter where we are, you are always with us. I thank you, God, for the beautiful sun outside, for the rain that we've been having, and for every moment that we get to spend in your presence. And God, I ask that over these next few moments, that you would just come and remind your people of how much you love them, how much you care about them, and that they are never alone, that you see them. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. So the title of my message, if you're taking notes today, is The God Who Sees Me. The God Who Sees Me. We have been talking about Abraham and we've been going through and we are, we're up to around Genesis 15 to 16. I'm going to be talking from Genesis 16 today, but I don't know about you, but Pastor Phil spoke this incredible message last week and, and the general gist of it is that God's calling you out of one place and he's calling you to go somewhere else, and it's about you finding the courage to follow the call of God on your life. I don't know about you, but maybe if I can just put it out front before we go any further, I feel more courage. I feel stronger knowing that if God sees me, I can follow where He's trying to lead me. So uh, I think that that was an incredible message last week. But uh, as we come into today, I want to... I want to kind of just give a brief history or a brief background. Essentially, what's happened before we get to the story that I want to share is Abraham has been called out and Abraham has this moment with uh, God and God says, hey, look at the stars. I'm going to give you, when you look at the stars, you're going to have these many descendants. That, like, you can't count it. It's going to be insane. And God and Abraham's like, sweet, no worries. I don't have any kids, but uh, I, I trust you. We've got this. You've got this more than me because, and I mean this in the most respectful way, but Abraham was old. He was like 88 in the moment. And so, oh, sorry, he was a little bit younger actually. But uh, he, he has this encounter and God's like, you're going to have all of these descendants and they're going to come from you. And Abraham's thinking, my wife's old. I'm old. I have no idea how this is going to happen. And uh, you, you get a little bit further along in the story and you realize that they still don't have any kids. And, uh, and so God's like, uh, sorry, so Abraham is kind of thinking, I don't really know what to do. I don't really know where to go from here. And his wife, everyone say his wife. His wife has this brilliant, yeah, thank you, brilliant idea. Hey, Abraham, why don't you go and sleep with my slave? I don't know about you. I don't think that was ever going to be a good idea. 
There was no time in that story and in that dialogue when he's going, hey, go sleep with my slave, you know, and then we can have kids through her. It's going to be a great idea. I promise I won't get jealous. That was never going to happen. It just, come on, like, I don't know in what world. And so we find ourselves in this story where all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, Abraham's slave wife is pregnant. Uh, I'm just going to put it out, that's a lot of nappies to change. I I don't want to, there's a lot of nappies in there when you're that old and you're that, you got lots of kids. All right, cool. Moving on. And so we pick up in Genesis chapter 16, and, and Hagar is running away. Hagar is the Egyptian slave, and she is running away. The Bible tells us that she was, that she was mistreated by Sarah. So, so all of a sudden, Sarah has come up with this brilliant idea, yeah, go, go make a baby with my slave, it'll be all good. And Sarah mistreats her. And so Hagar runs away, and this is where I want to pick up. Hagar's run away, and it says, Then the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from? And where are you going? That's going to be important later. And, and Hagar responds, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, or Sarai. Next one for me. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said to her, You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. And you are to name him Ishmael, which means the Lord hears. Just go to the next one for me. Please, pretty please. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Next one. And this is, this is where we're going to spend most of our... It says, thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord. It says, you are the God who sees me. Surely I have seen the God who sees me. Can I just, uh, just for a moment, I don't know about you, but has anyone else ever felt unseen? It, okay, so none of you guys have dated. All right, cool. Because <laughs> if you've ever dated or you're married, you definitely have these moments where you feel unseen. You, okay, let, let me just put it into a real practical. My wife and I, before we were ever, before we got married, we were just friends and we would just spend a lot of time, I'm going to come down here, that way I can... Yeah, that's better. Now I feel like I'm with you guys. My wife and I were just friends and we would hang out loads. And, and we hung out for like a really good solid period of maybe a year to six months. And we're just best friends, purely platonic. There was nothing, nothing interested. I, I would like to say that I wasn't interested. I was so interested in her. <laughs> Let's be real, man. She was hot. That's, I just got to say, that's why we got married so quickly. Come on, somebody. But, uh, so she, she hadn't quite noticed my charm. She hadn't quite noticed my good looks yet. 
she hadn't quite noticed my sense of humor yet. And one day I remember asking her just after we got married, well, I know, dumb question, babe, why did you, you know, why did you choose to marry me? She's just said all the vows, but why did you choose to, and seriously, her response will blow your brain. She said, truth be told, I actually thought that we could have just been friends for your whole life. You would get married and have kids and I could still be your best friends. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know what fairy tale she was living in. <laughs> But we were, that was never going to work. I was never going to get married to someone else and she was going to be like the third wheel and the tag along. I, I say all that to say, if you have ever been in a relationship, you feel unseen. And so my first point is seen and selected. Seen and selected. I, you wouldn't believe how many messages you hear and they just seem to skip over Hagar. It's almost like Hagar is the bad person. I've, I don't think in my history of growing up in church, I don't think I've ever heard a message where someone talks about this chick. <laughs> Hagar, was, Hagar was a slave. She was a woman when women didn't really have a voice. Hagar was a foreigner. It says that she was an Egyptian living with other people. So realistically, she was what I would like to call an outsider. So why in the world would God choose to step into that moment when she's running away? She's not doing the right thing. It's not like she's caring for the poor. She's not caring for the sick and the needy. She's running away from where she's supposed to be. And God chooses to show up and go, hey, I choose you. I see you. I select you. If nothing else today, I think that that's a word for somebody that no matter where you are, God sees you. No matter what you're going through, God sees you. She was, she was pregnant. She had, a, she had a bad attitude, which is probably why her mistress was mistreating her. And so she's pregnant, running away with a bad attitude, and God chooses to show up. For me, I don't, I don't know another point in this story that speaks to me about God's faithfulness, where he goes, I'm going to choose you and I'm going to show up even though you may not have gotten everything right. She was seen and selected by God. She was a part of the story even when it didn't seem like she was supposed to be a part of the story. And I know that so often so many of us can come here on a Sunday and we can feel like you know, everyone else gets chosen and, and God has all these incredible plans for everyone else and it just never feels like God uses me. But I want to tell you that you are chosen, that you are seen and you are selected by God for a purpose. And I promise you, I promise you that God has incredible things for you. Let's go to the next one. I'm, we're just getting warmed up. Are we good? Yes. The next one is, uh, the next one is alone but known. Alone, but known. I think in, in, this, in the midst of this story, as she's so alone, I, I just tried to put myself in her shoes and wonder, like, what are you experiencing in this moment? How, how must it feel to be so alone and so hurting and yet still God chose to show up. Have you ever... Have you ever asked a... Sorry, I just had to make sure I'm going to get this right. 
I, I genuinely, I, I think that part of being, feeling that aloneness, I, I would love for you guys to know that you are still known even though you feel alone. That even in those darkest moments, that God is with you. Can we go to can we go to the next one? And the next one says seen in the struggle. Seen in the struggle. Uh, he asks the angel asks this question, where have you come from? And where are you going? I think that's pretty odd questions when you're God. It's not like he was going, Ah, Hagar, how'd you get here? What are you doing? I didn't why are you here? He knew what she was doing there. She, he knew where she was going, matter of fact. It, the Bible, I was actually reading some really cool commentary last night. It actually, because she was an Egyptian, it actually says that the road that she was heading, she was heading back to her homeland. She was going back to Egypt. She's like, I'm out. I don't want anything else to do with this. See you later. Too much, too much bad news for me. I'm out of here. So I find it strange that the angel, which we can safely assume was at least, at the very least, God using the angel to talk, but I like to think that it was God directly having this conversation. We can safely, if that's for me, you can just hold that. I'll answer it later. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Yikes, when dad gets back. Oh boy. <laughs> it's safe to say that it didn't surprise God where she was going. And so I think that question of, where have you come from and where are you going? I think it speaks to the past and it speaks to the future. And if we could try and put ourselves in the shoes of her for just a moment, I think it's really interesting when he asks those questions because what he's actually saying is, hey, I see you and I saw you in your past. I saw you in that moment when she was mistreating you and I see where you're heading. I see the future. I see where you're going. And I, and I genuinely believe that God can actually see he was in your past. And I think that we have these moments where we look back and we're like, oh God, you were there. You were with us. But he also asked the question, where are you going? And it's, I think it's to help her have a realization of more or less the character of God. Because if she, if she didn't have that realization of where am I going, I don't think she, I think she just would have kept going. I think she probably had to stop and pull herself up and go, what am I doing out here? I'm pregnant as heck. I'm probably hungry because I'm pregnant. What, what am I doing out here all alone? And, I, and so I think that the angel asked those questions to make her, to help her to see that she is seen even in the midst of what she's going through. I think... I think the angel asked, where have you come from and where are you going to show her, hey, I see you in your struggle. You're seen in the struggle. And can I, can I put it to you like this? I know that there are some of us and we come here on a Sunday and we don't really want to be here. Like, if we, if we can just be honest, we're in church. Don't lie, we're in church. But, uh, but seriously, we can come here and I, I'm the same. I can come here and I'm like, oh man, I could have had a really nice sleep in. I got so much going on. I got loads happening. 
And I think it's really important that we come here on a Sunday morning so that we can gather with our fellow believers, but it's also so that we can stop and go, God, God, remind me that you see me in my worst moment. God, remind me that even though my friends are all leaving me, remind me, even though my partner and I, we're not good, remind me that you see me. God, I need to know that you're with me in these moments. God, I need to know that even when this business deal is going bad, I don't, my wife comes home with all of these crazy stories of stuff going wrong at work, and, and, it's, and it's hilarious to watch, but it's also, it's super cool to watch her and what she does, because she has to stop and go, God, this isn't, I didn't want this, and I didn't work for it, so I have to trust that you will actually ultimately work everything out. I have to trust that you see me in this moment and in every other moment. You are seen in the struggle. You are seen in what you're going through. I love that. I love that ending line that says, God sees you. If nothing else, if you don't get anything else out of anything I say today, I would love for you to know that God sees you. Can I invite the band back up? Because I really wanted to, I've got one more scripture to share with you. And it's in Luke chapter 22. I hope that's right. Luke chapter 23. Verse 33 to 34. And it says, When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there. This, they're talking about Jesus. And it says, Along with the criminals, one on his right, one on his left. And Jesus is, Jesus is hanging there. And this is how I know that God sees us. This is how this for me is that moment where I can stop and go, God, you see me, whatever I'm going through. Because Jesus is hanging on that cross and he looks and he looks out. And, and I believe that he's not just looking out into the moment. I believe he's looking out into 2024 and he's going, God, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. If you've ever felt unseen, if you've ever felt unheard, I can promise you that 2,000 years ago, Jesus decided to step into human history to die on the cross so that we can have this relationship with him where we can be going along in our life and we can be just kind of doing our own thing and then, and then we can have these moments again and again where we go, God, you see me. God, you see me. You see me. I think he says, Father, forgive them because he's looking out into 2024 and he's going, God, all the mistakes that they're making, anything that they're going through, God, forgive them and remind them how much I love them. Can you stand to your feet with me this morning? I'm going to stand back up on the stage so that everyone can see me. Can we put that first slide back up? where it just says the God who sees me. Because I, I know it's just a shorter message. We can't all go for as long as Pastor Phil. He's amazing. I don't know how he does this for 30 minutes. But if there's one thing that I want you to know today, there's one thing. It's that God sees you in every moment, in the good and in the bad.
And some of you came into church today and that's all you needed to hear. And I believe that that's what you came into church today. You didn't know you needed to hear that. But I believe that there are some of you in here that needed to come to church today to just be reminded that God sees you. And you may have walking, walked away, walking, walked away from church. Or you may be feeling like you're far away from God. But I just want to say, I, I genuinely think that Hagar in the same moment felt like so far away from God. And I think that's why it's so important that he had to stop and step into that moment and go, I see you. And I think that's what he did when he died on the cross. He stopped to say, I see you. So with every head bow and eye closed for just a moment, I'm not going to get anyone to come to the front. I'm not going to get anyone to put their hand up. But I just want to, in your own heart, with my, eye, my eyes are closed too, but in your own heart, if you're going, God, I feel like I'm far away from you. God, I'm going through this and I'm not sure why I'm experiencing this. God, I've never felt more alone. God, remind me that you see me. If that's you, I just want to encourage you right now in this moment, just inside of your mind, inside of your brain, just, just begin to speak those words. God, I need to know that you see me in these moments. And I believe that he's talking to some of you this morning. God, I thank you, Lord, for every single person in this place right now. God, I ask that no matter what they're going through, God, that they would feel loved, that they would feel seen, that they would feel heard. And I ask that you would give them the eyes to see what you're doing in their life and that you would give them the ears to hear when you're trying to speak to them. I thank you, God, for how much you love us and I thank you for the fact that you decided to send your son Jesus to die for us on the cross because you love us so much. And I ask that we would walk out of those doors this morning not, not the same as we came in, but we would, that we would walk out of those doors changed, knowing that we're seen in every moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.